0: Welcome to to Go-To-Market
1: Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about the strategies you need to implement a successful go-to-market strategy. Joining us for Go-To-Market Week is Jordan Crawford, who is the co-founder at Blueprint, which is a company that helps startups that have found product market fit build scalable go-to-market systems based on identifying pain in the market. Blueprint systems get 11 to 33% positive reply rates on cold emails, and they've built a market system for companies like Main Street, Vouch, Fresh Paint, Primer, Ferros, and Ironclad. So far this week, Jordan and I have talked about why B2B outbound is jacked, why your B2B marketing tools always fail, why it's not your B2B sales team's fault, and yesterday we talked about how you can quantify and score your users' pain. Today we're going to wrap up Go to Market Week by talking about why your personalization sucks. All right, here's the last installment of Go to Market Week with Jordan Crawford from Blueprint. Jordan, happy Friday and welcome to the last episode of Go to Market Week on the MarTech
2: Podcast. Save the best for last.
1: It's flown by. You know, yesterday you said that Thursday was the fourth best episode we were going to record. And today I'm assuming we've saved the best for last. So this is number
2: one. That's right. This is number one for sure.
1: So we've covered a lot of ground talking about some of the problems with outbound B2B marketing, blanket emails, emails personalized on things that are not very relevant. We're using tools that are helping us go mass market. We're blaming our sales team for them doing irrelevant outreach. And what we should be doing is what we talked about yesterday, scoring our users' pain, understanding based on what our previous buyer's situation was when they bought, how do we find people that are similar to them? And it all gets down to, then we have to write this outreach email that actually seems relevant. And we're not just personalizing based on common experiences. We're doing something different. Talk to me about why existing personalization sucks and what companies should be doing instead.
2: So it sucks for two reasons. The first is that our tools let us here. It sucks because the question that people ask themselves is, how do I take Zoom info data and say more interesting things? There's nothing more interesting to say with Zoom Info Data. You've got a name, you've got a title, you've got an email that's probably going to bounce. And you're trying to say, how can I trick thousands of people where I don't have any other context to reply to me? That doesn't work anymore. And the reason they ignore you is that most sales reps are doing things like writing about them. Here's who I am. Here's what I am. It's all me, 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 me. No one gives a shit about you. Your message is usually incoherent. It's super long. It like rambles on and on. I'm sure everyone's got the, let me help you SEO your website, right? They all kind of look like that to me. You aren't usually talking to the right people. You aren't specific about their pain. You don't know them. You don't know their company and your case study isn't relevant to them. And these are all problems that our tools led us to. And the sort of cap here is people love to buy, but they hate to be sold and that's what we're doing today. We're not talking about them, that we are not empowered with data to have tactical empathy with them. So I think that that's what we need to do when we think about our messaging. How can our messaging be about them? And if your entire message is, hey, I think that you have X, Y, or Z problem because A, B, C, and D thing, did I get it right? Is that true? Are you currently struggling with this? that people reply to a message like that because it's about them and it shows that you care about them.
1: I'm going to make this about me for a second because I've been bitching about how bad my outreach strategy has been. And it used to be great three years ago when we wrote the original templates, we were reaching out to every MarTech company, all of the MarTech executives saying, hey, you're in the MarTech industry. How's that for personalization? And we're the MarTech podcast. Feels like there's a fit there. And here's some stats about the show. Uh, We'd love to chat with you about being a sponsor and really what we're doing is saying, hey, we match industries here. Where are the industry rag for audio. And if you want to reach the other people in your industry, you should work with us. And look, that's got a little stale, it would seem. And so now how do I think about isolating, finding user pains? What do I put in that outreach email to make my outreach a little bit more sexy and spruce it up a little bit?
2: So it all starts with the data. And really, this email is just describing the data that you've collected about that prospect. And let me tell you that the best framework that I've seen for this, for the message is really to think about Robert Cialdini's influence. He talks about reciprocation, commitment and consistency, social proof, liking, authority, scarcity, and his new principle just recently is unity. So let me quickly bang through these to think about how you might use these in your outreach. So reciprocation, this is do a favor. So I'm going to do something for you. You do something for me. So if in your ask at the end of the email, you can give them something for free about your expertise, about something that you did, do that. Commitment and consistency. So people generally do what they've said that they will do and to be consistent. So this is like the play. I see that you bought this thing at your last company. You're probably going to buy it again at this company. Social proof. It's really important that you provide a reference point for another customer in their shoes. So if I go to Salesforce and say, Hey, Salesforce, did you know that Ford bought us to help with their cars? Salesforce is going to say, Get the hell out of here. But if I go to Salesforce and I said, Hey, HubSpot bought us, then it's like, Oh, wow, HubSpot's legit liking, right? So if you can do anything to talk to someone about something else that they've done, boy, I listened to your podcast on this other network, it was really fantastic. So finding a way to talk about something that you appreciated. Authority, right? Why are you the expert on podcasts? Why should I run an episode on branding on Martech Pod Because I trust that you're the expert. And then scarcity. So ideally, you want to say, hey, only X amount of time or there's some deadline here. The last thing I'll say is unity here. Unity is really important. It's why are we the same? Boy, I see that we both worked at this company together at the same time. Boy, I know that you have worked on paid ads according to your LinkedIn profile. I do that too. And you can do these types of things with structured outsourcers, but really the more of those principles you can use in your outreach, the better.
1: Okay. So, hey, Martech Company, Inc., I'm reaching out because I see that in your previous company, you were sponsors of multiple podcasts and you now move to this new organization where you have hit a certain threshold that you're probably starting to think about expanding beyond performance advertising. We've worked with lots of companies like this, including HubSpot, and ad roll and Blue Shift, which found that investing in podcast advertising not only served as an awareness builder, but also as a great way to build lead gen. We were able to get tens of thousands of people to not only listen to their content, but to visit their offer pages. And we think that this would be a relevant product for you. And since you've already been on other marketing podcasts, like marketinginc.com, We think that you'd be a great fit as not only a sponsor, but also as a speaker of the show. If you're interested in being our sponsor, we'd love to work with you. We've got 12 spots available this year, and we're going through them quickly. So please let me know if you're interested soon.
2: That was a spectacular off-the-cuff email. The only two things that I would change are to include the results in the email. When Blah did this, they got 50,000 converted customers or anything that you have there would be helpful. And the ask is usually, did I get it right? Are you currently thinking about expanding to other channels? Or the ask is, would an additional 10,000 leads a month be helpful for your business? But other than that, that's exactly what this looks like.
1: So the CTA, instead of being, are you interested in talking about Martech sponsorship? You know, give me a shout, should be something like, am I right to think that cultivating new growth channels is a priority for you?
2: That's exactly right. And the other thing I'll say about this is, You are optimizing for reply, not a sale. No one's ever going to say, great, where do I send the check? They want to have a conversation with you. Tell me more, right? So you're not trying to say, and people do this, they have a double-barreled ask. Are you interested? Here's my calendar. No. The only thing you're optimizing for is yes. So if someone replies yes, you've won. Then you just say, great, when do we chat? What works for you? So don't have this double barreled ass like, hey, do you want to do this? And also, will you do this? <laughs> it's like, is focusing on new channels a priority for you? And they're like, it is. Then it's like, great, we should have a conversation.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. a sales cycle. It's not to get somebody to book the meeting is to get someone to acknowledge that they have the pain that you are able to solve. That's really the outcome that you're looking for.
2: You got it right. You got the targeting right. So all you care about is you got the targeting right or you didn't get the targeting right. Hey, this is great, but I'm a VP of marketing. I don't make these decisions. It's my director of marketing that makes these decisions. Aha. Now I know I need to change my titles. I need to go after someone else. And that reply is not a sale, but it's super useful for me. All right. So
1: I get it that that's the first email in the outreach campaign, but in our outreach campaigns, we're sending four emails. The first one is, hey, we're the MarTech Podcast. You should be aware of us. You want to chat? The second one is, I'm bubbling this up uh, in case you missed it. We'd love to work with you. The third one is, hey, here's a list of our other sponsors. They're kind of in your market. We think that you'd be great to add to this list. Feels very personal about us, but sometimes that works. And the last one is, hey, I don't want to fill up your inbox with the unnecessary messages. If you're interested, I'd love to connect. And if not, please let me know so I don't have to send you more emails. Fourth one actually performs relatively well, surprisingly well, if you ask me. I never thought the, uh, hey, should I keep bothering you email would actually work, but it does. What do I put in the rest of the campaign? Obviously, one email is not all you're sending.
2: Well, unfortunately, what the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, God knows how many more you send just generally here. But I call this the clippy strategy. Like, I see her make a memo. I see her make a memo. I that Microsoft ad. And I think what you can do is if you do your research ahead of time, you can spread out that research over emails two, three, four, and five. So to give a shout out here to one of my clients, Mighty Acorn, they help companies review candidates. So they have an analysis of like gender bias in your job description. So are you using more male or female words? So that's something we put in an email. They look at, are you hiring a junior engineer, but they're your first engineer? So we're looking for a founding team and we're hiring a junior engineer. That means that you're probably doing it wrong. You're having a problem sourcing candidates. And then we look at things like candidate experience and say, well, it seems that you care about the candidate experience, but your job's been open for a long time. And so that might mean you can't get through all the job applications that you have received. So I try to take all that research and spread it out over the course of four emails. And for sure, I have a breakup email like, hey, just so you know, and I'll generally send three, maybe four emails. You usually know within the first two if you've got the pain right. But you're not going to move a 1% email to a 50% email by sending email three, four, five, What you really care about is in emails one or two, are people like, yeah, this is a problem. You got it.
1: All right, so let's talk about some data. When I run our outbound campaigns right now, when I add someone to our four email sequence, 43% of the time, they're going to open an email. 4% of the time, they're going to click on something. And uh, 1.5% of the time, they're going to actually reply back. When you move from this personalization strategy you know, we're targeting based on industry as opposed to pain, what's the impact in terms of open rates, click-through rates, response rates? What's the ROI on moving towards your methodology?
2: So two out of the three metrics are vanity metrics. Open doesn't matter to me because the iOS 15 is blocking a lot of open pixels. And so I don't even look at open rate. And in terms of click-through rate, yeah, that might mean I should change some of my copy that maybe people don't get it. I look at positive reply rate and the best I've ever gotten is 32%. But generally this ranges between 11 uh, to 32% in terms of positive reply rates. And I feel very comfortable about automating outbound at 5% plus positive reply rate.
1: Okay. GTFO. (laughs) Do you know what that stands for? Can I curse? For anybody who doesn't, it's get the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're telling me that you're going to get a 10% reply rate where I'm sitting here getting like, if I'm lucky, a 2% reply rate. Are those the people that are opening the emails, or that's every prospect you're trying to reach, 10% of them are going to reply positively to you?
2: Yeah, 10% of the total list size. So if I send to 500 people, I get 50 replies with a 10% positive reply rate.
1: Jordan, that's a 5x return on what we're doing right now. So then the question becomes, how difficult is it to either implement this strategy yourself or buy it? What's the difference between doing what we'll call cold personalized emails and cold pain based emails?
2: Unfortunately, it's expensive because to do this really right for your entire market, you need to score the entire market. And our tools have just come to a place where you can do that. So Harmonic.ai is a great tool to start getting company data. But a lot of tools like Clearbit, for example, will charge you every time you fetch a record on the company level. And it's really hard to score your entire total addressable market. So we're just starting to see tools that allow us to do this. So this is very like bleeding edge in terms of cost think 100K versus like a Zoom Info subscription of 18 to 30K. So it's pretty expensive to do this in the absolute right way. But the good news is that if you're a founder or you're a sales rep, you can automate some pieces of this with outsourcers. So instead of doing this, what I consider to be the right way, scoring the entire market, bringing the team together, figuring out, downloading customer pain, decoding. In an SDR with an outsource budget of hundreds of dollars or maybe even thousands of dollars a month, can go score leads. So they at least know, am I talking to the right people and also score companies? Am I talking to the right people? And also, am I describing the pain in the right way? And you don't have to build this full system to do this pain-based researching, right? But you have to start with your customers to do it.
1: All right. So there's two methodologies here. You can do this in air quotes the right way, which is a high five to low six figure investment to be able to go through an entire market, quantify it, figure out who you should be reaching to, training your SDRs to send the right type of emails, helping them craft the content. You're looking at a full head count worth of investment. And then if you're in a down market business, like, I don't know, let's say the Martech podcast, you got to work with freelancers, right? You got to hack this together and look for what data sources you think are going to be right and start with a smaller data set to build the data on your own as opposed to using the experts like Jordan to be able to do it. Jordan, it's a fascinating strategy to think about how to go to market and focus on customer pain. I think the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is understanding that pain and how you quantify it. Give me one last tip for how our listeners can think about what the pain points are for their customers.
2: Call your customer and ask them. Hey, Bob, what's going on? Remember three months ago when you decided to pay me $50,000? That seemed like a really bad idea. Why would you ever do that? Let them defend their own purchasing decision. And they'll say, well, I think investing in the marketing podcast was a fantastic idea. Here's the results we've seen. And we decided to do it for these reasons. And you say, well, tell me about what was happening at the company. Just make a couple of outbound calls to your existing customers, your most fervent customers and say, why did you decide to do this? And what was the reason you acted now? And you'll just hear it in their own words. And that will be all that you need to do this right.
1: At the end of the day, it's always about talking to your customers. Jordan, I loved it. It's so nuanced. It's so brilliant. I expect nothing less from you. Thank you for coming on and telling us a little bit about what you're up to these days.
2: Thanks so much. The absolute best episode that we've done today.
1: All right, that wraps up. Go to Market Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Crawford, co-founder of Blueprint. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is blueprintdata.io.